This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our ongoing series, LibreOffice Calc. And this time I'm going to pick up from what I did last time on looking at loan payments, and I'm going to do a little more on financial functions before we move on to the next group of things. So in the previous episode, we looked at how to determine loan payments, both manually and by using the built-in PMT function. Now, we want to look at a few more of the financial functions that you might want to use. First one is something called present value. This is just a rearrangement of the formula we use to calculate the payment, and it has all of the same variables involved. But instead of solving for the payment, we use the payment to solve for how much it is worth. The best example of this sort of thing is a winning lottery ticket. If you should ever be so fortunate as to win a lottery, you may be told that you won, for example, $1 million. Sounds good, doesn't it? Then you get to the fine print and discover, well, this is $50,000 a year for 20 years. Now, if you multiply 50000 by 20, you get a million to be sure, but what did you really receive? This function lets you calculate what the equivalent is in money you get today as a lump sum. To select this formula, go into the financial functions, select PV, click Next, and the data you need to enter is first rate. So here I'd put in the rate of return that you would get if you got the money today in one lump sum and invested it. For example, if you have money in a mutual fund, what is the annual rate of return on investments there? You can often get this information by doing a little online research, such as Yahoo Finance. Link in the show notes. Number of periods. The NPER variable. Sound familiar? If you're using an annual rate of return, this should be the number of years say 20 in our example. If the payments are monthly over the 20-year period, put in 240, then make sure you adjust the rate of return to get a monthly average. PMT. This is the amount you receive each period. If it's an annual payment, our example would be $50,000. If you're getting monthly checks instead, enter $4,166.67. Now, note that all of these fields are in bold, which means they are mandatory. You have to enter them for the function to work. Any fields not in bold are optional. 
Now, if you run the numbers using annual payments of 50000 the answer is $456,427.28. But if you get monthly payments, the answer is $463,103.98. The logic here is that with a check coming in each month, you can invest the money during the year and get a slightly better return than with one payment at the end of the year. Remember, the default assumption is end of the year. If instead you get it at the beginning of the year, put a 1 in the type field, and now your total jumps to $497,505.74. Now, the other thing to note is that the number comes back in ne- is a negative number. In finance, that's just a shorthand way of noting the direction of the cash flow. This function is also used to calculate the present value of a stream of payments you make. So don't worry about the negative. Uh, We we saw that last time as well. Now, there's also a function future value. Just another rearrangement of the same formula. If I put aside a sum of money each year, how much will I have at retirement? Assume a monthly amount of 100 and that you have 40 years before you retire. As in the above example, find the average rate of return for your investment In my example, I assume the same 9% annual as in the above example. Payment of 100, rate 0.09 divided by 12, which is 0.0075. Number of periods, 40 times 12, which is 480. And the answer, again, it's negative, don't pay any attention to that, is $468,132.03. So if you wanted to retire with a million dollars, this won't get it done. So what would you need to do? Well, the PMT function can do that. Use the same number of periods and the same rate of return. Plug it into a PMT function with one million as my future value and solve for the monthly amount. This is a slightly different use of the function, but the adjustments you need to make are simple. In the present value field, enter a zero to assume you start with nothing, and in the future value field, enter one million. Note that the future value field is considered optional by the function, but you need to use it to get this done. Enter all of this, and you get the answer of $213.61. Ah, but suppose you have a head start. Your maiden Aunt Matilda has passed away, and you are her heir to the tune of $10,000, which you decide to invest entirely and save for retirement. Well, just use the same formula, but instead of putting in zero for present value, put in the 10000 you received as a bequest. Now, note, you need to make this a minus 10000 for the formula to work. Now, when you run the formula, you will get $136.48. The logic here is that you are investing that 10000 for 40 years and just letting the returns compound, so you don't need to add as much to it. Duration is another formula that we, another function. This is even simpler. This function is for the question of how long you need to leave a quantity of money invested to get a given final amount. Let's begin with Aunt Matilda, may she rest in peace, and her bequest of $10,000.
How long would it take to get 1 million at the same 9% rate of return? Assuming we get our returns compounded monthly, we have rate is 0.0075. That's 0.09 divided by 12. Remember that. Present value is 10,000. Future value is 1 million. And then we're solving for the number of months. Well, that comes out to be 616.32. If we divide that by 12, we get the years, which is 51.36. Now, we're going to do something interesting here, create a mortgage payment schedule. A problem that many people might find interesting concerns a home mortgage. Generally, you borrow a sum of money to purchase a home, and you have fixed monthly payments. Part of each month's payment goes to interest on the loan and part to principal. Because in the early years so much principal is still owed, most of the monthly payment goes to paying interest on the mortgage. But as you pay pay it down, the proportion gradually shifts so that in the last years, most of each payment goes to principal. Now, in the United States, mortgage interest is a tax deduction, so homeowners have a reason to be very interested in the amount of interest they pay. The IPMT function is designed to tell you that, and it is very simple. The variables are the ones we've all seen. Rate. Interest rate on the loan calculated per period, generally monthly. Period. Which period are we looking at? This starts at 1 and goes as high as the length of the loan. NPER, number of periods, calculated as months in this case. Present value would be the amount you have borrowed. Future value, the amount you have left to pay at the end of the loan. Generally, this is going to be 0. Type, indicates whether a payment is at the beginning of the month, which is a 1, or at the end of the month, zero, or left blank, it will assume a zero. Now note that there is a corresponding function that gives you the principal payment, and that's called PPMT, and it has all of the same arguments. Put these two functions together and you can easily create a mortgage repayment schedule. Now for the arguments, I will use the same principle I used in the simple savings model, and I'm going to place these in their own section off to the right. You may remember we talked about how to construct spreadsheets in the proper way. Now in mine, I put in the annual rate, then calculated the monthly rate as an intermediate calculation. We talked about intermediate calculations earlier. Then I added number of periods and assumed a 20-year loan, which means 240 monthly payments. For the amount borrowed, I put in 100000 and for future value, I put in zero. Then I set up my schedule as follows. In, I select cells A1 through D1, then merge and center the cells. Give them a nice blue background. Set the font for Arial 12 bold and type mortgage schedule. Then I select cells A through A2 through D2, but I don't merge them. I set the background to salmon. In cell A2, I type period. In cell B2, I typed interest amount. In cell C2, I typed principal amount. And in cell D2, I typed total payment. Then in cell A3, I enter the number 1. 
and then click and drag through the A column until I have 240 periods, which I will fill out. Now, in cell B3, I enter the IPMT function. Now, when I fill this out, I need to think ahead a little. I plan to click and drag to fill this column, and that means I need to be careful to give absolute cell references, which is done by using the dollar sign character. My loan terms assumptions are all in the H column, so when I fill out this function, it's like this. Rate equals dollar sign H dollar sign 3. Period equals A3. Now, note that this one does not use an absolute cell reference. I want this to increment when I click and drag to fill the column. I've got 240 periods to calculate. NPER, number of periods, equals dollar sign H, dollar sign 4. PV, or present value, equals dollar sign H, dollar sign 5. FV, or future value, equals dollar sign H, dollar sign 6. And then for type, I put in 0, which indicates a payment at the end of each month. Since you generally have one month between the time the loan is signed and the time your first payment is due, this is really the most realistic way of calculating this. Then in cell C3, I enter the PPMT function and fill it out exactly the same. Then finally, in cell D3, I add them together to get the total monthly payment. So I put in equals B3 plus C3. Again, do not use absolute cell references here since you want these to increment as you fill the column. Then click and drag all three of these columns and you know note that you can select uh, B3, C3, and D3 all together. All right? Click on B3, then hold down the shift key and, and click on D3. You'll have all three of them selected. And then you can click and drag to fill all of them at once. That's uh, something we covered earlier. So, what's the result? Your monthly payment is $836.44. In the first month, your interest payment is $666.67. But by the end, the interest payment is $5.54. So, some final notes. One of the things you can do is modify the values in your spreadsheet and get new values if you set it up correctly. You could theoretically just enter the numbers into your function and see what the result is, but if you first put that data on your spreadsheet and use cell references, you can easily change the data in the cell and instantly get an updated result. Now, this is another good reason to do intermediate calculations. Since you can store the result in a cell, and when you update the base number, everything recalculates. The examples we have used all involve similar variables. And that turns out to be true of a lot of these financial functions. Once you've learned one or two, it's pretty easy to pick up the others. Uh, start by looking at the function and see what arguments it requires, and then gather the data. As in so many things in life, preparation is more than 50% of the job. Finally, the functions I've used were selected for general interest to a lay audience. Many of the other financial functions are of specialized interest to accountants or to investors. 
If you are one of those people, you probably know all of this anyway, but the principles we've discussed will keep you in good shape as you use these other functions. Now, I've done everything we talked about in today's uh, episode on a spreadsheet myself, which I have uploaded to the website. Uh, link is in the show notes. You can download it and poke around and take a look at it for yourself. So, having said that, this is Ahuka signing off for Hacker Public Radio and reminding you, as I always do, to support free software. Goodbye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.